You're listening to the Philly Young Adults Podcast. Welcome back to the Philly Young Adults Podcast. This is Josh here with you today for another Truth Bite. On today's episode, we're going to consider Jesus in maybe a different light than you normally would. In young adults ministry, I have opportunity to talk to a lot of young adults, and sometimes I can hear from young adults and also experience myself in the Gospels, looking at Jesus, and maybe you can relate to that sometimes feeling very routine, where we get used to hearing about Jesus, and we can kind of become a little bit complacent or maybe even turned off, and maybe looking at other places in our Bible, because that can honestly maybe become boring in some ways sometimes. And maybe sometimes we just have to take a step back and re-look at Jesus, to think about him. And today, I wanted to encourage you to think about Jesus in a way maybe you haven't considered him before, and maybe as a way to help you be excited again about pursuing him and being with him. So today I wanted to share the thought with you, of Jesus our hero, or Jesus as the ultimate hero. When you think about a hero, if you're like me, who grew up with action figures and trading cards, you might hear the word hero and think of a fictional character. Superman, Spider-Man, someone who has heroic qualities. They defeat evil. They save people from dangerous situations. Or maybe you think of a real person. Maybe it's a a parent, a grandparent, a teacher, um, a police officer, a firefighter, someone who saves someone from a burning building, someone who does something heroic. And you might look up to that person for different reasons. When we look at the Bible, the Bible as a whole, not just in the Gospels, presents to us a hero. And we see from the very beginning pages of the Bible in the book of Genesis, a hero is presented to us because humanity has a problem. When you read Webster's Dictionary, they'll define a hero in this way, a mythological or legendary figure often divine, endowed with great strength or ability, an illustrious warrior a person admired for achievements and noble qualities, one who shows great courage. The people of Israel were looking and waiting for this type of person, a hero, someone who had noble qualities, who would show great courage because, as I alluded to earlier, the book of Genesis presented in the garden Adam and Eve failing and sin entered the picture. And when the serpent tempted Eve to sin, God judged the serpent, and he said in Genesis 3, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel." God said, although there was a failure by humanity tempted 
by Satan that he would one day send a person, a hero, a Messiah, who would strike the head of the serpent, who would overcome sin and death. And down through the years, as the nation of Israel was born, they had prophets, prophets like Isaiah, who said things like this in Isaiah chapter 42, the Lord will march forth like a mighty hero. He will come out like a warrior, full of fury. He will shout his battle cry and crush all his enemies. In the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 24, it says, Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies, he is the King of glory. The nation of Israel in the Old Testament became enslaved by enemies. It was the Babylonians, and as time went on, it became the Romans. And there was many times where they were looking for this Savior. They were waiting for him. But the prophets also spoke about this Savior in a different way. And Isaiah also said this about that Savior and Messiah. He said in Isaiah 53, There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. The people of Israel were looking for their hero, but when he showed up, the person of Jesus, the first time, they didn't recognize him because they were looking for that hero that was going to save them and deliver them and be that conquering king who would crush all of their enemies. But he didn't come to do that the first time. It tells us in the book of John, chapter 1, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. This person, Jesus, showed up, and he began to do amazing superhuman things. Again, we think back to to the idea of a hero. Usually they do things that are superhuman. And people heard Jesus' words and saw the things that they did, And in the book of Mark, for example, it says some of them reacted this way. They were amazed at his teaching. He taught with authority, unlike other teachers. They were amazed and gripped by his words, and they began to discuss what they had seen. What sort of new teaching is this, the people said in Mark chapter 1. They asked excitedly, it has such authority, even evil spirits obey his orders. You might remember the story with the disciples on the boat with Jesus in the storm, and he calmed the wind and the sea. And the disciples said, Who is this man? And they were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is he that even the wind and the waves obey him? When you take the story of the Bible as a whole, we see that many people didn't recognize Jesus as their Savior the first time because he didn't come to be the conquering king, crushing his enemies as those who were opposed to him. He came to defeat the ultimate enemy, the ultimate villain, 
in the story, which is sin and death. He came to be a servant, not a conquering king, the first time. Philippians chapter 2 says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He came the first time to save us. Again, often heroes have that quality of saving others, and Jesus came to save us from the consequences of sin and death. Colossians chapter 2, Paul puts it this way, You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature that was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So now we begin to see this picture forming of Jesus as the ultimate hero because he has provided salvation from the consequences of our sin and death, which is the ultimate villain. So what does all this mean? Here's a few things we can conclude. Number one, we can be like him. A little kid who has a hero often will dress up like his hero on Halloween. When I was a a kid, I dressed up like the Flash, and that was one of my most memorable Halloweens. I didn't have many after that. But a little kid who admires a hero wants to be like him. It's not a burden for him to want to be like his hero. And one day, we are actually going to be like Jesus. 1 John chapter 3 It says, Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. So one day in heaven, we're literally going to be like Jesus, perfected. But until then, we're called to act like him, like a little kid wants to act like his hero. And that should be there should be a certain amount of joy in that Romans chapter 13 literally says clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires just like a child dresses up like his hero we're called to dress up or put on the Lord Jesus Christ or first Peter puts it this way You must be holy as he is holy. So that seems like a difficult challenge. How can I be like Jesus? How can I be holy like he is? I can try. I can want to be like him. But how can I actually do that? I'm imperfect. I'm a sinner. Well, the good news is Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit to help us and to guide us until we're made perfect like him one day. John chapter 16, Jesus said, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. 
In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul said, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, who he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. So how do we be like Jesus? Well, we have his Holy Spirit. And in Paul, and Paul says in Philippians 2, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So the Holy Spirit guides us and instructs us through his word, and he gives us the desire to want to do those right things to please him and the power to do those things because sometimes our flesh fights against us. As Paul says in Romans chapter 7, we do the things we don't want to do. We don't do the things we know we should do. What else can we say about Jesus, our hero? We also know that he is on our side. In the book of Romans chapter 8, it actually says that now, in addition to what he has done to save us by dying on the cross, where Paul says in Romans chapter 8, who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Jesus is on our side because he is praying for us right now. How often do we stop and think, Lord, thank you for praying for me. Thank you for being presently acting on my behalf. He is on our side. He is fighting for us. He is interceding for us as the ultimate hero and savior for humanity. What else can we say? We can also say and conclude by looking at Jesus as the hero of the Bible, that he is coming back one day. And in fact, he wants to be with us, his followers. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And in John 17, Jesus praying to the father said, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me before the world began. And we know that one day, finally, in Revelation chapter 19, it says that Jesus is going to return to the earth and be that conquering king that Isaiah talked about, who's going to crush all of his enemies and physically set up his kingdom. And when he does, John described it like this in Revelation 19. Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure and white linen followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God the Almighty like juice flowing from a wine press. And on his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The last thing we could say about Jesus, our hero, 
is concluding with all of this that we need to tell people about him, not just the message of the gospel, not just the knowledge of it, but the very fact that what we just read in Revelation, he's literally coming back one day to tell the world, as Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28, to go and tell everyone. He said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. I hope these things have helped us to consider who Jesus really is, as our Savior, as our Messiah, but also to anyone who would look to him. We often think about heroes as make-believe, but the Bible tells us that Jesus is the ultimate hero, and he embodies all those characteristics that we would consider in the perfect hero, and we can actually know him, we can actually walk with him, and we will be with him one day when he returns with us and for us. And in John 17, it said that we read earlier that Jesus prayed, and he desires, he is longing to be with us as well. So look at Jesus Don't be afraid to reconsider him, study the Gospels, and be anticipating his return. God bless you guys. If you have any questions or comments about anything related to the Philly Young Adults podcast or today's episode, send us your feedback at ya at ccphilly.org. Have a great day.